afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the February 16th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. You can learn more about the services provided by my firm and you can listen to any episode of Local Matters by going to JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. There's a Local Matters tab. You can find any episode, listen to it, or share it with those who may benefit from the information that we provide. Today is going to be one of those shows geared toward getting you specifically prepared for the May 24th primary election. I am pleased to have my first guest for statewide office here with us today, and he's Dr. Michael Owens. He is running for the office of Secretary of State. If you have not registered to vote or you need to renew your registration, please go to uh, your local voter registration office to get registered to vote because we want to make sure that you're prepared to do so come May 24th. I believe the deadline for voter registration in Georgia is April 25th. However, before we get into our conversation with Michael Owens, I want to let you know of an upcoming event this is a virtual event, so if you're in Augusta, if you're in Georgia, South Carolina, or if you're in California, you can participate with this event. It is the Grow with Google series. The upcoming event is Thursday, February 24th, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. This is called Digital Skills for Everyday Task, meaning you will learn how to manage work and life tasks efficiently using Google tools. Whether you want to build a budget or organize your documents, these best practices will boost your productivity. In order to register for this event, go to grow.google slash live hyphen training. That is grow.google slash live hyphen training. If you get to that website, you just search for events. You can type in Augusta, Georgia, um, or the date, which again is February 24th, and you will see a registration link to join in this event to help you improve your digital skills. This is the February event. Uh, there's also an event, a training workshop in March, on March 31st. And then there'll also be events in April and May, and we'll keep you apprised of those as well. Today, Local Matters family, we have a special treat. You know, I have been talking about getting prepared for the May elections for a few shows now because I don't want anybody to have any excuse for not being ready. Uh, today, I consider it special because I actually have a candidate for statewide office. He is Mr. or Dr. Michael Owens. He is running for Georgia Secretary of State. How are you doing today, Dr. Owens? I am great, Ms. Jackson. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. 
thanks for accepting the invitation and for providing this opportunity for voters, not just in the Augusta area, but statewide to get familiar with you and uh, why it is that you want to be Secretary of State. But before we get started with that, I want you to dig into your background and share with our audience a little bit about who you are and how you got to this point. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You know, my, my just give you a little more about my background. Um, you know, first and foremost, just again, thank you for having me on the show. But, you know, I am someone who uh, has always been a servant um, and wanting to do the best for my community, you know, my country, and for those around me. I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17 years old, still in, in high school. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina and spending most of my summers in Georgia. You know, my um, father was born in Columbus. My grandfather as well actually was born in Columbus. So I spent a lot of time uh, growing up uh, living in rural North Carolina. I tell people I grew up at the end of a mile long dirt road in a really small town in the, in the center of North Carolina. We had a small town, two stoplights, and, and one of them just blinked. So um, really small town. Um, but, you know, I, I learned the value of hard work, perseverance, um, you know, and how to kind of just really push to get what you want. You know, this is I mean, the fact this is Black History Month. Um, you know, I, I, I think back to in that small town, you know, my my parents were the first people to actually own businesses, uh, people of color ever to own businesses in that small town. And, uh, you know, my father was um, an outspoken person. He's a Marine Corps veteran as well and someone who uh, was an entrepreneur and, you know, would really advocate for for people and, and people's rights. And I think they just kind of stuck with me. And so, you know, joining the Marine Corps for me was a way of getting out of that small town, but to go explore the world and, and take on challenges. When I joined the Marine Corps, we had uh, the, the U.S. was involved in the, in the Persian Gulf War. And, you know, I felt it was part of my my service and part of my duty to to go out and um, not necessarily fight, but, you know, to, to lend my services in whatever way I could. So, you know, I joined the Marine Corps, went to Paris Island, went through boot camp, uh, came out, went to, went to comm school and, um, you know, later on engineering school and, and then did some counterterrorism work in the Marine Corps. Proud of my time. I spent eight years in, uh, went through, um, you know, boot camp as enlisted in Quantico, sorry, in, in Paris Island and then went on to officer school in Quantico. And wound up doing eight years in the Marine Corps um, and then coming out and, you know, joining uh, the corporate world and kind of just moving from there. I started off in IT, you know, basically working on the help desk, answering phones, helping people solve computer problems. And, you know, fortunate enough to have a 20 year career and what kind of blossomed into a full blown international global uh, career in cybersecurity and cyber policy. Um, you know, protecting some of our most critical information and uh, infrastructure systems in the world. And, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, I've, I've just been been blessed to have a, have a wonderful career and opportunities and, uh, you know, really worked hard to kind of shape uh, things around me. And, you know, fortunate enough to have, you know, two little ones right now. I have a 10-year-old son, I'm sorry, 11-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter and, uh, you know, doing my best to, to, to raise them the best I can and, you know, get around and see family. I still have lots of family in Columbus, um, you know, down through Muskogee County, Tip County, 
Harris County. So, I mean, you know, you name a spot in Georgia, I still probably have some relatives there. Um, you know, but I just stay busy, you know, stay busy trying to, um, you know, take care of my family and um, make, make my community and state a better place. All right, great. As I was getting prepared for this, of course, I spent some time on your website, which is owensforgeorgia.com. And I noticed that you're currently a Cobb County resident and you have been involved in some pretty significant political campaigns in Cobb. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, I'll back up a little bit. My, um, my passion had been in, in policy, right? Crafting, shaping policy uh, that, that helps everyone. And, uh, and whatever, whatever that may be is what I was really interested in. You know, my, um, just hop a little bit before that, you know, my educational background, so I went to North Carolina T State University in North Carolina, go Aggies. Uh, this is where I got my, uh, my, I guess, educational start there in computer engineering, <clears throat> then went to Georgia Tech's and um, for my business degree, I got my MBA from tech, then went on to Cal University where I got my doctorate in international business. And then found myself um, a couple of years later at Harvard University at Kennedy School of Government as part of the first emerging leaders program, global emerging leaders program there. Um, so I came out of that and that education fully equipped you know, what I thought to be able to go out and, and change the world, you know, to have an impact, not only in, in, in technology, but also policy, where I focused a lot of my time and effort. Um, so, you know, being involved initially was about policy. You know, I wanted to help shape, shape and craft policy, not necessarily from a political perspective, um, but, you know, uh, from a policy side. And, you know, I got involved in local politics because I just wanted to be able to make a difference. You know, I wanted to help. And I became, I uh, was a member of the Young Dems, went on from there and became uh, a vice chair within the Cobb, Cobb Democratic Committee. And then, uh, you know, I had the fortunate opportunity, a lot of people that kind of believed in the fact that I'd make a, a good uh, chairman. Uh, along that time, I was working on, you know, different campaigns, started off volunteering and just offering my services, you know, to be able to kind of craft policy and, and shape things. And then using my technology background to help campaigns whether it was with websites or how to better secure their, their stuff to do data, um, you know, data management. I remember working on Andre Dickens, now the 61st mayor of Atlanta. I worked on his campaign uh, back in 2013 when he first ran uh, for city council. And, um, you know, then went on from there and it worked on various other campaigns as well. When uh, John Ossoff first ran for Congress back in 2017, I started the, that whole flip the six movement, right, with a ton and ton of volunteers across uh, Metro Atlanta that really kind of jumped into that race. But, you know, yeah, I've been fortunate to be at a lot of some of the most critical and influential races, um, you know, of, of the last decade in the state. When, of course, when leader Abrams, Stacey Abrams ran in 2018, um, I, actually the, the first televised debate she had, um, I moderated that as part of the, the cop Dems, and we had that on on public uh, television in, uh, in, in Cobb. So, you know, I've just been fortunate, you know, really to help do what I could to expand voting access, to really work hard to get good people elected um, and just been in a really good place to really kind of help shape and believe that, you know, our voice as people, as a community is obviously stronger. We build democracy by ensuring that more people are taking part in that. And I worked really hard to do that when I was chairman, you know, one of the things I was most frustrated about 
was that look in our election process and that we, uh, as, as Cobb County, the third largest county in the state, uh, was, had fallen way behind when it came to having early voting access. When I say that, meaning that um, for the most part, um, being the third largest county in the state, we were far behind counties like Gwinnett, Fulton, DeKalb, um, with the number of early voting locations we had and with the hours of early voting that were available to us. And, uh, you know, I, I got with a, a, a team and we, we uh, stood up a data committee so we could kind of do the study. We crunched the numbers and then, you know, presented it. We presented it to the Board of Elections. We presented it to the AJC, Atlanta Journal-Constitution and, and other outlets and was able to get some real traction around it. And, you know, we were able to have success. We we're actually able to get voting access expanded for over 480,000 people in Cobb County. And, um, you know, I, it doesn't get told a lot, but I think that, that has a lot to do with the success uh, that as a, as a chairman and as a party that we had in Cobb County. Um, but I look at that larger than just, just from, a, from a partisan perspective. You know, we expanded voting access for, for everyone in the county, not just for Democrats. Um, you know, and I, and I think that's vitally important as we think about this, when we talk about, you know, the expanding access to the ballot and ensuring that we have um, you know, everyone's voices get heard. That's something that we can do across the board for everyone. So, you know, I, that was kind of an opportunity that I, that I saw because it was a problem that I knew existed. And I'm fortunate enough, you know, that we were able to, to get that resolved. And, you know, it, it again, it's part of the, the testament to um, speaking up, you know, when there's challenges out there and when there's things that are not going right, to be able to step forward and, and be able to you know, do what we can as individuals. And if we're leading organizations, be able to put ourselves in situations to where we can speak up for people and we can speak up for people's rights and actually be able to make a difference. So, you know, I'm thrilled about that, you know, in, in Cobb County, ultimately as, as chair, we're able to put together a strategic plan that uh, that did lead to, you know, 2016 Senator Hillary Clinton winning Cobb County um, after it had been a GOP stronghold for a long time. Um, and they came back in 2018 where leader Abrams uh, had one Cobb County and ultimately in 2020 to where, you know, I was so proud to say that we had, um, you know, were able to, as a Democratic committee, be able to win, you know, the sheriff's race to be able to win the Cobb County um, County Commission chair as uh, a lovely woman named Lisa Cupid and the DA's race as well, um, where we have um, Flynn Brody, who was doing a fantastic, phenomenal job as district attorney in Cobb County. So, you know, I'm just, I'm proud of the work that I've, that I've been able to do as chairman there. But again, I'm probably most proud of, of being able to expand access to the ballot and making sure that, you know, many more Georgians voters' voices can be heard uh, by expanding access to the ballot. Okay, all right. And is that ultimately what the reason that you're running for Georgia Secretary of State? You know, that definitely has, plays a part in it. You know, the, the fact that I understand the impact that elections have and, and the, the impact of, you know, having election systems that are fair and free and efficient, effective, and then ultimately secure. I think me running for Secretary of State was, first of all, something that, you know, I've taken very seriously, spent a long time talking to family and friends about if this was something that ultimately I wanted to be able to do. I wanted to be able to give it my 100%, wanted to make sure that this was something that um, I had a clear path to victory and knew that we could be successful. And ultimately, though, knowing that I could actually 
make an impact, make a change and truly transform the Secretary of State's office and give the people truly what they needed. And so ultimately, that's why I decided to run, because I knew that being successful in the past at expanding access to the ballot and bringing more people into the fold, making voting easier for people is a hallmark of what we have to do in this state. But also knew that with my background in cybersecurity, and haven't talked about that a lot, but um, you know, having an understanding of the challenges, the threats that are out there. Um, 2017, President Obama declared critical inf- declared our election system as part of our critical infrastructure in this country. You know, I, and that basically means that it's it's part of our national security, right? Democ- um, d- expanding democracy and supporting democracy is directly tied to our election systems. And as someone who's worked for over 20 years, specifically in cybersecurity, securing some of our most critical infrastructure in the world, in the state, in the country, I knew this was an opportunity for me to be able to step up um, and truly, again, work to transform the Secretary of State's office um, and bring you know, my unique skill set to the table to be able to look at the challenge that we have with our election systems. Look, we all know that when election lines are long, when machines are down, um, when polling locations are changed, it depresses the turnout. We know that. And a lot of talk has been made about laws that um, has been changed and, and, and you know how it's continually being made harder and harder for certain communities to be able to vote. Uh, I wanna take that challenge on um, you know, head on. I want to make sure that we are doing the things specifically necessary to make it easier for people to vote, to make voting more secure, and ensure that we have a landscape in Georgia where uh, more people are able to re- to have trust and faith in our election systems, where now uh, there's problems with that. I think people on both sides of the aisle um, at some level have lost faith in our elections, have lost faith in, in our ability to have fair, free, and efficient and secure elections. And, and that's what's driving me to get into this race and ultimately become the next Secretary of State, because there's concrete things that we absolutely must fix with our election system, with our election system process. And that's the skill set that I bring to the table. Okay. And do you think it's more of a process problem or a legal problem in terms of some of the laws that have been passed over the last 12 to 15 months? Sure. So I will... Um, it's some of both. Now, here, here's where, when we're talking about what needs to be done and what I can do as the next Secretary of State and why I'm so excited about this, because we know that there has been laws that's been put in place. And a lot of, you know, Senate Bill 202 uh, was a law that was signed last year. A lot of people talk about that has truly made it harder for people to go out and vote. And that is absolutely true. Um, it, the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia right now because you know it's even been deemed you know um, racially motivated and at least the impact of the the bill is absolutely going to impact black voters in the state disproportionately more um, or proportionally more than it will other um, uh, demographics but let me give you an example around that uh, a lot of talk has been made about not being able to give water or food to people in the line. And we've all said it before, you know, get to the election, uh, get to the polling location, get in line, get in line by seven and just stay in line. 
you know, and it's unfortunate in Georgia that we've had, you know, lines in certain areas for, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight hours even for people just waiting to cast their vote and heard their voices heard, you know, and I, I talk about a story in Union City, Georgia, down in, in South uh, Fulton County, where some voters did not get the caster vote until the day after election. Technically, it wasn't election day because it was after midnight by the time they got an opportunity to vote. And that obviously is problematic. My focus is this, you know, I understand that it's important that we tell people to get in line, you know, the idea that be able to give them a cup of water and, and making that a criminal offense is, is absurd. But instead of going and fighting that legislation, which we should make, make no bones about it, we should work to correct and repeal those laws. But as Secretary of State, I want my effort to be towards actionable items that we can actually get done within the Secretary of State's office. So, you know, yes, it's a problem to hand water out and they've made that, um, you know, they've made that illegal, if you will. My focus, though, has to be to let's work on shortening those lines. You know, let's let's work to, to actively look at the solutions we can make to where people are not waiting in those lines to begin with so long. And then we can actually be able to, you know, get people through the lines. More people are actually going to show up to vote. You know, that this is one example of how, you know, the legislation is going to be there. Litigation is going to be there. But as Secretary of State, I want to be able to focus on smart solutions that we can do. I want to ensure that, first of all, we can have safe and secure elections. So ensuring that we're doing the things necessary to ensure that when a voter does vote, um, you know, we've heard lots of complaints about they're clicking on something and the other one kind of comes up. We want to make sure that, you know, no one having those kind of issues. All the machines are calibrated and certified. All the machines have been scanned and we're sure it's free of malware um, before anyone goes to vote. We want to make sure that, um, again, we have the right machines in the right places at the right time so we can, you know, limit the delay that people have in voting. We want to make sure that you know, when machines do go down, we have people that are certified and able to get those machines back up and running, get people, keep people back in line. We want to focus on ensuring that our poll workers and our election workers feel safe when they're out doing their job and make sure they have protection and the training that they need uh, so they don't, you know, th they can feel comfortable when they're out doing the jobs that they need to do. So there are some concrete, tangible things I think we need to do. And I know we're talking a lot about, you know, from the election standpoint, and from a voter um, voting rights standpoint. But when we're talking about the Secretary of State's office, we also have to talk about the other side as well. You know, some of the other roles and responsibilities that the Secretary of State's office has that relates to, you know, more of the business component as well, which I think, you know, is, is, is fair to actually bring to the table as well. Okay. So what you're telling us is that what I'm hearing is that maybe some of our focus has been in the wrong place because I know, you know, obviously last year when the changes were made with those laws, everybody was clamoring about how unfair the laws were. And you've made reference to some of the things like handing out a piece of uh, drink of water and that sort of thing. Um, but you also believe that there are a number of ways that an efficient office can address some of those things that have been the biggest deterrence to voting, i.e. long lines? Yeah, obviously, you know, again, my goal is to be to work in a most effective and efficient manner to make our election process smoother, more efficient and more secure. Um, you know, one thing I, I like to bring up is that the secretary of state, the role of secretary of state is not a legislative role. 
right? It is not about how you're going to vote on a certain bill, how you're going to vote on a certain policy. It, it is a executive constitutional office within the state of Georgia, which means that, you know, it has to be focused on strategy, vision, and execution. So, you know, being able to talk about voting rights and say, I'm going to fight for your right to vote, while as that is truly important, that, that, that's not the focus of the Secretary of State's office because we have to be able to deliver. Simply saying I have good intentions that I want to, you know, that I want to fight for voting rights, it's not going to cut it, right? The next Secretary of State has to be someone that's going to be action-oriented, that has the skills, expertise, and vision to be able to get things done, even when we may be working, as you kind of referenced before, in an environment to where we may have bills and laws that are going to be restrictive in nature. So, you know, when I talk about things that are, you know, increasing voter participation, accessibility, um, ensuring that every single eligible citizen has the right to vote, those are things that I want to focus on. I talk about ensuring that from a policy or from a procedural standpoint, we are doing the things necessary to make sure that our election systems are available for people. Again, those are things that I want to focus on. Spending our time making sure that, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, foreign interference, we're looking at a potential domestic interference in our election systems, real threats that we know that are out there. Um, I'm not talking about voter fraud, this voter fraud myth and the misinformation and disinformation that's continued to be a problem. I want to make sure we focus on that and we, we make sure that voters within the state of Georgia are informed on actually what uh, our election process is and how it works. We calm down some of the rhetoric and we speak specifically about what some of the threats and challenges are. And that is things we have to do to look at. I'll give you another example right now, this past, um, there's been discussions about vulnerabilities that potentially exist within our election systems. And the current Secretary of State uh, has done little to nothing to even inquire about what those vulnerabilities are. And I think that's the absolute wrong thing. We, we must investigate uh, every potential threat that we have to our election system and ensuring that we're doing the things that we need to do to be able to resolve that. The other thing we have to do is look at why people aren't voting. You know, right now, it seems to me that we've spent a lot of money within the Secretary of State's office, a lot of our own tax money, going towards making it harder for people to vote. And we've done that consistently. These bills have done it, the activities have done it. In April of 2020, um, you know, the current Secretary of State started a voter fraud task force when there had been absolutely zero widespread voter fraud. So again, spending money and effort, putting a priority on voting voter fraud instead of putting money into voter protection, instead of putting money into ensuring that um, we're, we're protecting our elections and making elections more efficient. You know, another example is putting money into and putting the effort continuing on to purging people from the voting rolls. Um, you know, and, and that is something that, Yes, we have to ensure that um, we keep our voting rolls clean. That's that's part of the job. But overly aggressively, or aggress overly being aggressive about kicking people off the voting rolls, taking people that are perfectly eligible and should be allowed to vote, and putting them, you know, and, and basically kicking them off the rolls, denying them their rights as Georgia citizens to be able to vote, is absolutely something that must stop. It must stop. And the only way we're going to stop that is having a secretary of state that's willing um, to understand 
and, and promote democracy in a way that we take this premise that every eligible voter should have the right to vote. And we wanna make sure that as Georgia and as a Georgia Secretary of State's office, we're welcoming to that. You know, and we, we find ways to promote that instead of to deter that. Okay. I only have about a minute left. Um, please share with our listeners how they learn more about you. For sure. Thank you. I the I just first of all I want to thank you for having the opportunity to bring me on. It's been exciting. Uh, I enjoy being able to uh, communicate with voters and people all across Georgia about why this election is so important. If you want to find out more about me, the first stop would be visiting my website at www dot owensforgeorgia.com o-w-e-n-s-f-o-r georgia.com you could also find me on facebook find me you can also find me on facebook or instagram as well where i'm really active you can find me on twitter at owens for georgia and i look forward to connecting with people i'm active i'm very accessible and look forward to connecting with uh with all the georgians out there that want to make sure we have free fair, accessible, and secure elections. Thanks so much, and we wish you the best. Thank you a lot. I greatly appreciate being on. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.